So the title this morning is Living a Life Free from Fear and Anxiety. So I want to say right at the outset this morning that if you're a Christian, or maybe you're not a Christian in the room, that is struggling or suffering from fear and anxiety, I just want to affirm you, say that we love you, we care about you, that you're not a second-class Christian, that you're not a failure. You know, if I walked in here with a broken leg, people wouldn't say to me, Mark, get over it. (laughs) Okay? Just because mental health is a bit of a taboo issue in our society, it doesn't have to be in the church. Okay? So there will be opportunity to pray for people um, that that want to at the end of this uh, service. So we'll we'll do that. Um, But that's where we're going. So about, about seven years ago, uh, um, North Kent Community Church, as Eastgate was called then, was running a healing school in the church that I was going to. So what, we didn't have the building at this point. And um, I think it was the healing school that's on this week, actually, seven years ago, if I remember. And I, I found it really odd, because I went to this church as normal to go to this conference, and there were all these strange people in my home church in the building that we were in, thinking, who are all these strange people? I didn't recognize many of them. But during that... Uh, conference, I think Wacky Evans from Bethel was there, Pete Carter was speaking. Pete Carter started talking about one of the prophecies over uh, about Eastgate, or NKCC as it was then, that, that the church was called to create a beachhead for freedom. I don't know if you've heard that. Some of you would have heard that, that there's a beachhead into Europe to, to bring freedom, and all that the kingdom brings around freedom. And something in me just woke up, and I thought, or I knew I wanted to be in that in that kind of church as if something in me just thought that's part of who I am and part of my destiny and uh, unsurprisingly 18 months we'd uh, we'd moved here but if you could pull up Galatians 5.1 for me please I could preach on this verse all day and get way off my topic because I like this one so if we read this together It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Just do that again as if you believe it. (laughs) Bit more conviction in your voices. Here we go. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened by, by a yoke of slavery. That's better. That's better. Let me just read it uh, to you in the Passion Translation. This is Paul speaking. So let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of the past. It's powerful, isn't it? I'll read that again. Let me be clear. So you're listening to what Paul has to say. The anointed one has set us free. Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of the past. It would be a bit understated to say freedom is a big deal in the kingdom of God. Okay? It's what this church is about, in part. There's lots of other things it does. But freedom is a core value here. And wanting all of us to grow and increase in our freedom in Christ. 
And it's interesting that when it talks about the bondage of the past in the Bible, and I'll, I'll put up some verses that illustrate this later, anxiety and fear, biblically, are associated with the old man, or the person, or I use the language there, the old man, or the person pre-salvation, pre-becoming a Christian. The language of the Christian is peace, joy, etc., etc. So we'll come on to that later. But it's, it's worth noting that as a Christian, we weren't designed to struggle with fear and anxiety. That's not in our born-again nature. It's not in our identity in Christ. So it doesn't have to be your norm. That's you this morning. I just want you to know that. You can know and experience freedom from fear and anxiety. Fiona and I, in our journey, we were, we were born again. I, was, I think I was born again when I was 14. Fiona was born again when she was 17, if I remember that right. We grew up in very mixed homes. Uh, our parents got some stuff right, got some stuff terribly wrong. Uh, and grew up with lots of insecurities. Uh, both of us particularly grew up the lie that we were insignificant. Um, Fiona struggled to connect with the love of God, probably for a, a decade of her, in her first Christian life. And it was only really uh, when the Holy Spirit got poured out in what the British press tagged the Toronto Blessing in the mid-90s. Some of you remember that, where God would just come and powerfully invade meetings. And then in our late 30s, Bethel Sozo arrived in the UK. I remember going to a meeting in a church in Seven Oaks, seeing all these crazy Bethel people, adults, this is, chase each other around the building trying to see who get each other to fall over in the presence of God themselves. And I was thinking, who are these people? Uh, but I noticed, well, I noticed a lot of things about them, but one of the things I noticed most about them was they were, using a, an old English phrase, they were the most well-adjusted people that I'd probably ever met. And what I mean by that is that they were emotionally secure, they didn't seem to carry any emotional baggage. And I thought, I want to have a life like that. Because that was not my experience. And we, Fiona and I had some, very, some deep-seated insecurity that when we started going through Bethel Sozo, we started to get free. And the reason I mention this is that we have tools now that we didn't have 20 years ago. We have answers and insight in, you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit to solve things that we struggle with that we never had before. And I'll share some of my stories and how Bethel Sozo has set me free from fear and anxiety later on. But you don't need to live with your struggle. That's the point I'm trying to make. You don't need to hide it through shame, because God doesn't do shame. I don't know if you've noticed that. There's no shame with any kind of struggle, let alone mental illness. I would suggest to you that if you have a struggle with uh, anxiety or fear, it's, you probably need more help to get through that than you do a physical illness. So keep hiding it out of shame is not the right answer. So I would encourage you today, if that's you, let, let it be today that you'd be honest and be vulnerable, and, and seek some help. For some reason, in, in churches I've come across, in my experience, is that we tolerate fear and anxiety. What I mean by tolerate is we put up with it, probably more than anything else. For some reason, we don't connect the dots to what Jesus did on the cross, and in his resurrection, provided an answer to fear and anxiety. It's like we have to 
The way we tolerate it is we just accept that we have to experience emotions that overwhelm us as if God doesn't have an answer. I only have to, I'm an evangelist, so I only have to talk about evangelism. And in every church, a proportion of people won't engage in evangelism because of fear. But fear is not meant to be part of our identity. So many of you would have been on a journey from, from thinking of yourself as a sinner through to a royal son of daughter. Some of you may have done that journey uh, in the past or since you've joined Eastgate. And when I did that journey, I had to dump some unhelpful emotional baggage when I realized that I was royalty. So I had to stop believing I was insignificant. I had to stop believing I didn't have a destiny. I had to start believing that God thought well of me, that God doesn't want to punish me for my sin, and many, many other things I, I, I ditched on that journey. But one of the other things that I ditched on that journey is fear. Because fear is not part of royal identity. So if you've kind of stopped on your royal identity journey somewhere without ditching fear, I would suggest you've got a bit more distance to go. I'm just going to give you some Bible verses to... I'll come on to that in a minute. I'm mainly going to be focusing on this morning on, on the internal world. Because there's always external circumstances that invite us to feel anxious or fearful. The issue is, is about what it feels like in our heart, our mind, our body, our emotions, however we experience fear or anxiety. I won't cover the medical aspects of fear and anxiety because I'm not particularly medical. and There are plenty of other people here that could do that uh, very well. But what I will say is, what I would call the ABC of getting over fear and anxiety, the starting point, if you like, is eating healthily, sleeping well, knowing how to rest and exercising and being in the sun, which might be a struggle for us in the next few months with the winter coming. But those things of looking after ourselves and knowing how to uh, not take care of ourselves it is crucial. Let me give you some statistics from the UK. Anxiety or depression affects nearly one in five UK adults. It's massive, isn't it? 8.2 million cases of anxiety are, have been registered through the NHS and doctors. So fear and anxiety is a giant that needs to come down in our generation. It's affecting 20 to 30% of our population. It's just humongous. And there's probably more than 8.2 million because not everybody goes to the doctor, do they? So, Let me give you some definitions of um, some of the main areas of anxiety, and I'll read these to you to make sure I get them right. So one of them is called agoraphobia. This is an anxiety disorder that causes intense fear surrounding certain situations such as being in public spaces, leaving your home, being in large crowds and using public transport. Next one is body dysmorphic disorder. If you have a disorder, you will be very worried about the way you look or a certain part of your body. Other people will not notice a problem, but it will make you feel distressed. Generalized anxiety disorder is the next one. A common mental illness. The NHS estimates that GAD affects up to 5% of the UK population. The disorder causes sufferers to feel anxious a lot of the time, often without a specific cause. Uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. This causes the sufferer to have, to, to have obsessional thoughts and compulsions to carry out certain actions. It is estimated that 12 out of every 1,000 people have OCD. 
is panic disorder, causing sufferers to have panic attacks. The disorder can be deliberating. Most panic attacks last between 5 and 20 minutes and cause physical symptoms, which, while not damaging to health, can be very frightening. So what are the medical causes of anxiety? So a bit of a lesson here. <laughs> is often traumatic experiences can open the door to fear and anxiety, whether those are, are recent or in your past or childhood. If you put yourself under stress for a significant amount of time, that, that can end up you leading, you're breaking your emotions and that you won't cope with the normal uh, pressures of life. Um, medical or narcotic drugs, some of the side effects can cause anxiety. You might have a serious health condition like cancer, that can often uh, generate health, uh, fear and anxiety. And some people can have a brain chemistry or imbalance that can cause health, uh, sorry, fear and anxiety. I can add a few from a Christian perspective. You might be under spiritual attack. There could be a lot of pressure on you. You may not trust God in an area of your life, and therefore you might be anxious about that area of your life. Some people are sensitive, and you can feel what other people feel. So you can take on other people's anxiety. So you could struggle with that. You only have to go on an aeroplane and feel the atmosphere. And there will at least be, I don't know, one person, if not many more. And you could think that's my fear and anxiety when it might not be. You, you just might be feeling what others feel. Listening to too much bad news can give you very negative views about the world we live in. So if your sole source of information is social media, BBC News, um, whatever is your news channel, um, it's not going to give you a very positive outlook on the world. You can make negative declarations over your life. So what I mean by that, it's like self-talk. You put yourself down. You say how rubbish you are, how you can't cope with certain situations. Put limitations on your life. They can also bring in fear and anxiety. And who's the author of fear and anxiety? It's not God, is it? So it says in John 10.10, 10, the devil comes to steal kill and destroy so if you're suffering from fear and anxiety you're being robbed of your sense of well-being your sense of safety and your sense of confidence in who God is and his ability to look after you protect you and strengthen you let me just share a story with you about two or three years ago Pete Carter was running a healing conference down in the south of England. And I was part of the team on the first night. God would begin, I think God would begin to heal people's knees in the worship. And towards the end of the evening, we started to pray for, for many of the people there, that conference to be healed. And I was drawn to a girl at the back of the hall who was visibly shaking with fear. She was in her early 20s. Um, I went up to her. I think her aunt was next to her. And I begin to talk, ask her questions about her anxiety. And I, I won't go through the, the details, obviously, because it's public. Uh, but something had happened to her that was very traumatic in her uh, early 20s that brought fear and anxiety into her life. She hadn't left her home for months. And so actually coming to the church meeting that night must have been a real battle for her. And uh, I was just praying for her. And then God gave me this question to ask her. He said to me, ask her when she last felt being, sorry, when she last felt safe. And she said she remembered as a small child sitting on her dad's knee as he stroked uh, the hair behind her ear. And that's when she last remembered being safe. To be honest with you, I wasn't really sure what to do next. 
Um, so I handed over to someone else on the team. It's always a good plan. <laughs> and I went off and prayed for some other people. Anyway, I came back about 10, 15 minutes later, and I, I was talking to one of the other team, or I think even maybe the, the girl's aunt, and she said that while you were away, um, her dad came over to see how she was, and someone who'd heard what the conversation I'd had with her told her about how she said she felt safe when dad uh, rubbed the hair behind her ear, so that's what he did. He went behind her, he started rubbing her ear, and she completely invisibly relaxed. She stopped shaking, God met with her, and she fell on the floor. Um, and an hour and a half later, I think she got up, or an hour later, I can't remember the exact time, and she went back to her parents' t- house to have a drink and a snack with them, something she hadn't done for months. So feeling safe is very, very important. Because God cares about how you feel. If you feel negatively about yourself, he wants to change that. If you feel fearful and anxious about yourself or about the future, he wants to change that. Because we're not born, as Christians, born again, to be anxious and fearful. Can we pull up uh, 1 John 4, 18, please? So 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We're going to look at a number of Bible verses over the next 15 minutes or so. The Bible is very practical about fear and anxiety. Okay, this is the first very practical verse. So what's the answer to some people's anxiety and fear? Actually, to, to have love drive it out. So what that means is the love of God in you is more powerful, more dominant than any feelings that you have, other feelings that you have. And if that's not your experience, it may be, be because you're not made perfect in love yet. It may be that the, the tangible reality of the love of God has yet to become, I use a dominant in the right sense, a dominant emotion and feeling inside of you. After the, this morning service, there's a couple of people I prayed for, and they, some of them didn't even feel love. So they just were abandoned as children. So they, and one of them said they didn't even understand what this verse meant. Okay? So experiencing the love of God is a big deal to getting free. So where does our sense of safety come from? This is a really important, important uh, point. Am I allowed to say my own points are important? That sounds a bit funny. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, I won't give you the chapter and verse of this, but you'll understand as a Christian, I'm in two places at once. So I'm seated in the heavenly realms now. Yeah, I'm in heaven, I'm there. And I'm also here on earth. So my soul is safe. Got to think about this. My soul is safe. Nothing can attack my soul. Nothing can rob me of my salvation. My eternity in heaven is a done deal. So, yes, my body can suffer illness. Yes, my body could be beaten and I could die physically. But my soul is safe. Nothing can change that. So that's where our sense of safety comes from. 
I wouldn't want any of you to become ill or any of you to be persecuted. But, but the reality is, if it does, I'm still safe. Because I have an eternity of well-being in heaven forever. So even if your body and your mind or your emotions are struggling with anxiety right now, your soul is not. Because your soul is in heaven, seated, seated right next to Christ with an eternal salvation. I'm not trying to suggest that there will be trouble in life. Jesus tells us that. And some trouble and pressure is healthy for us because it causes us to grow. Isn't it? But I can always feel safe whatever is going on because I can't have my soul or my salvation taken away. Let me give you another verse. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's getting very practical. Cast means to discard. So it's like, I want to give you my fear. Here you go. You have it. If you're Jesus, that is. <laughs> don't panic. <laughs> you can actually give your fear over a specific issue in, to God. You can actually say, I don't want this because Jesus took it all to the cross, buried it with him. It doesn't need to affect me anymore. I, I started a new job three weeks ago. And one of the things they told me on my first day was that I had a six-month probation period. Not because I'm naughty or a difficult employee, because <laughs> that's the company policy. And I thought, oh no, I've got to behave myself impeccably for six months, which is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> for me, maybe not for you. But the point is, it started an anxious thought in my mind. And I started to think, maybe this won't work out. Maybe I won't pass my probation. And you can see where your thoughts can lead if you let them run uncontrolled. And I thought to God, I don't want this. Um, this job is a promise, there's a whole story behind this, but it was a promise from him to me. So I said, God, you have it. I don't want it. And it went away. I've not been anxious since. So it's very real. Another verse, Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's very practical, isn't it? So you ever worried about something in your future? Is that just me? Is it the rest of you as well? The biblical expectation is you pray about it and trust God with the outcome. That's called faith, isn't it? Currency of the kingdom. So maybe for some of you, you need to pray and trust God with the outcome. It's gone very quiet now. So Romans 14:17 The kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace and joy. Do you notice that fear and anxiety aren't in the list? Seriously, it's humorous, but seriously. Fear like, you know, like anything from the devil, fear will deceive you. Fear wants to come and greet you, take you on a little merry dance. And say to you how powerful I am. How overwhelming I can be. I am the strongest thing in your emotions. That's what it does. It will affirm all the feelings you have around fear and anxiety and give you a good reason why you should feel that way. That's what it does. It comes to lie and it comes to deceive you. What's going on, and this is really important to know, 
is it's trying to decide who's subject to who. That's what's going on with these thoughts in your mind. Is it as a Christian, fear will be subject to you, or as a Christian, will you let fear, will you be subject to fear? That's why fear comes at you like that. It comes to dominate you and challenge your authority in Christ and who you are. So in reality, I am bigger and stronger than any fear and anxiety as a Christian. I don't mean just me as an individual. So I can, I'm bigger than fear. But if I listen to fear, I will not believe that. I will even believe I'm hopeless in, in getting rid of fear and anxiety. And we'll, we'll come on to that a bit later. This bit's from Mark Henley. So what does the, so the Hebrew word for shalom from my homework means a number of things. I, can't, I did get this out of concordance. I didn't make it up. So, <laughs> so the word it means uh, the word for peace means completeness, wholeness, health, welfare, safety, tranquility, prosperity, prosperity even perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, and the absence of agitation or discord. It's powerful, isn't it? Should we read that again? So the word shalom, which is the word for peace, means completeness, wholeness, health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, and the absence of agitation or discord. So when Jesus comes to you and says, I give you my peace, what's he doing? Is he giving you a nice little feeling that might not live up? to some challenge of fear or anxiety, or is he giving you all this? So when he says, I give you my peace, he means he gives you all of that. See, when you enter the kingdom of God, when you get born again, that's what the Bible says, isn't it? You're born again, so you enter the kingdom of God. And we read earlier that freedom is an important part of the kingdom. Freedom chases you for the rest of your Christian life. I mean that in a good way. It hounds you down because God wants you to be totally free, to be who you are and who God has made you to be. That's God's agenda for you. And for you to be strong enough to wrestle and, and, and work through any situation that comes your way. And we don't always do that. And I'm the same. We don't always handle every situation perfectly. But this morning, freedom's knocking on your door. Maybe you need to look at your heels if you haven't seen the freedom hounding at your feet. I'm serious. The biblical norm, or the, the normal Christian experiences, is freedom is there wanting to come into your life and transform who you are. You don't have to be in this church very long before you experience that. God has done so much in, in me and my family since we came here without chasing it. So this is what Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, troubled, and do not be afraid. He's not saying to you, Jesus this is, he's not saying to you, oh, it's just a bad idea not to be afraid because it'll mess up your life a bit. He is saying that, but he's saying more than that. He's saying you don't need to be afraid because here's this thing called peace that trumps your fear. Here's this thing called um, tranquility or soundness of mind that trumps your fear or well-being, whatever words you want to put around it. So when he says, 
you don't need to be afraid. It's because he's got an alternative. So if you're anxious or fearful about something, one thing you can do is fill your mind with the alternative. Fill your emotions with, with the alternative. I was feeling unusually anxious about speaking today when I was preparing my message yesterday afternoon. Um, more than I would naturally do. So I just laid on my bed, put some worship music on, and after an hour, it completely gone. Because there's a divine exchange going on. Yeah? I could have just tolerated the fear and turned up today and not been very helpful to you. But yeah, but I decided not to. Because I didn't find it very pleasant. <laughs> so, where have we got to the time? All right. So, so let's, let's just, just a couple more verses. So, Romans 8.15 the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought you your adoption to sonship and by him we call, cry, Abba, Father. So again, I said at the beginning that fear is presented in the Bible, the New Testament, as something that's in your past, not in your present. So it says here that the spirit you received does, does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. So the, the expectation that Paul's writing here is you're, you're not in fear because you have this, you've been adopted by the Father and you're connected to heaven and you receive and experience his love. So why, if you've got that, would you go back and be fearful again? That's what Paul's saying here. It just does not make sense. If you know what it is to be loved and cherished and valued by God, the situation comes along that rattles you. Why, you know, the, the, the Christian response is, well, God's got that covered. Might not understand it. Peace that passes understanding. Don't know the way out. Don't know how that will work out in my life. But God's got it covered. Because he's got me safe. He's got an answer. Another reaction would be just to open wide and let fear and anxiety come flooding in. Those two spectrums. So. If someone had broken their leg badly, they would need medical help to put it back together. It might need to be pinned, and they might have to then learn to walk again and to re-strengthen their muscles. Do you understand that? Simple analogy. So again, if you've, got, if you've got fear and anxiety from a mental health perspective, the same still holds true. You might need someone to help and process and work through your broken emotions, because that's what's gone on. Something inside of you through stress, or difficulty and unresolved pain or hurt, wound or lie needs to be worked through. And then you, just as well as someone with a physical broken leg might need to learn to walk again, you might need to learn to rebuild your boundaries in your emotions and in your mind. Does that make sense? So we should treat the same, to the same in our approach to getting healed. So if you're struggling from certain anxiety, the very thing you need is some help. You need to you know, whether it's counselling, whether it's Bethel Sozo, whether it's anything else under the Transformation Centre here or elsewhere, you need some, some people around you to cheer you on and to help you get over the root cause of your fear and then build freedom into your life to stay free. If you s separate yourself from people when you're suffering from fear and anxiety, thinking nobody understands, no one's ever had those problems, it's just me, you're unlikely to get free. I'm not speaking over you, I'm just saying you're not setting yourself up for success. So, if anything today, talk to somebody, start that process. 
I just want to share some stories, uh, three stories in my life where I've struggled with fear and anxiety, just to hopefully help you. And the reason I'm doing these three is the, the roots are very different, and the answers that God came are very different. So in my 20s, um, I used to watch a program uh, on TV on Channel 4 called ER. I don't know if you remember that. Um, uh, uh, there's no Dr. Carter in the room today, so we can't do the same joke we did earlier. Because um, Dr. Carter in the series, sorry, just for the context there. And there were some very um, explicit medical operations that went on during uh, an ER program, as you'd expect. And uh, at some point, I can't remember the exact time, but I was in my 20s, I used to start, as I watched these medical operations, starting to have um, pain go through my chest. And it was very unpleasant. And very, just, just, fear and anxiety came, was just all over it. And it was, it was every time I watched it. And I thought, well, that's not very good, saying the obvious. I don't want that. And it actually, I could physically feel pain wherever the operations were going on, on the TV, particularly in the heart and chest area. And uh, Bethel Sozo had just come to the UK at that point, and I thought, I'll go uh, and get a Sozo. I had about four or five things on the list, and this one was at the top. And I, I, and I remember this quite, because it was amazing, is that as I went into my porch to put my shoes on to get in the car and drive to the church to have my Sozo, it was about ten minutes away, as I, was doing my sh- as I was putting my shoes on, God revealed to me the root cause of that fear and then dealt with it in an instant. Um, and the rest of the Sozo was good as well. But the main issue, I hadn't even got into my car and got dealt with it. That's why I talk about how freedom is close to us. I think sometimes God can do it in a moment, and sometimes God can uh, work, we need to work, uh, process it with others. The root cause of that was, is when I was uh, in mid to late junior school, I, I had a benign tumour and I was passing blood when I went to the toilet, so it wasn't very pleasant. Um, and I used to go up to Guy's Hospital on regular appointments to check me out and see my progress. And eventually the, the benign tumour disappeared. But there was one appointment where I was um, in, in a room with a, a consultant doctor and there were a whole bunch of medical students and I was naked, waist down, as he was examining my private parts. I can't think of any better way to say it. Um, and I, in, in this picture in my porch, Jesus came and showed me how he shielded me, my privacy, with, my, with his cloak. And that just fixed that issue. Something in that moment as a small child broke in me and let fear and anxiety come in. Okay? Let's give you another one. Um, uh, just after, when I, when I was 30, my mum died of cancer. Up to that point, I was a very happy, lucky go guy. Just bought our first house, had our first child, just come back from a round the world trip. We were feeling naturally on top of life and confident of the future. And she was diagnosed uh, with a brain tumour and she died very quickly. And then I started to expect further, unpen- further impending doom. So I went from happy-go-lucky to being afraid that anything in any moment could just come into my life or my family's life. There was a real struggle with that. And it would particularly show up when I fly, when I fly an aeroplane. Now, I've, I'm a great traveller. I just came back from the summer. I was in Singapore and uh, Australia. We did 50 hours flying over the summer. Um, I like to travel. So it's, it's attacking something that's dear to me. And I would retch, I want to see how real it was. I would retch in the airport by the departure gate because I didn't want to get on the airplane. And the airport staff would tell me to not get on the airplane. Right? So I'm not talking about feeling a little bit 
bothered about flying. I'm talking about something that was dominated by emotions. And basically, through my, my mum's death, I'd let fear and anxiety come in. Um, for the sake of time, I'll make this brief. Um, the church I was in had a connection with a church in Lagos, Nigeria. We went out there um, to see all these amazing miracles that was going on there. They were seeing dozens, if not hundreds, of people healed of AIDS. And while I was there in the church, one of the church leaders came up to me and called out my destiny. And he even told me things that I hadn't even told my wife Fiona at that point in my life. And something in that process of knowing that God had a destiny for me broke that fear off my life. I came back, just wanted to climb every tree, wanted to go bungee jumping, wanted to jump out of an airplane with a parachute. And it went from one extreme to the other. <laughs> and having just flown so much over the summer, I wasn't anxious at all. Because God put me back to normal. Because that's normal. Uh, one more, about five years ago, um, I started experiencing claustrophobia. Uh, particularly in bed at night time, I'd wake up, I'd feel completely hemmed in. Uh, Fiona wasn't very happy, my wife, because I was disruptive <laughs> in the middle of the night. Um, and it was just horrible. I didn't know where it came from, didn't know what it was about. Anyway, uh, I think I prayed with Fiona around with this one, and God revealed that I had a soul tie with a very controlling church leader in my past. So I forgave him, broke the soul tie, and the claustrophobia stopped. And that doesn't affect me anymore. So I'm just trying to illustrate through three stories in my own life that fear and anxiety can come in in different ways, but the norm is not to have it. Okay. So if, if you suffer from fear and anxiety, can I ask you to stand up because I'd like to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I'm not going to embarrass you. Um, and that can be difficult. It took a, a bit while this morning, but do you just want to stand up? Okay, just want to just want to say well done. I just want to say we love you. Yeah, we care about you. We think you're amazing. But God doesn't want you this way. Doesn't want you to struggle. Okay, we want to see you free. So well done for being brave. Well done. And again, before I pray for you, I want to I ask you to listen to Holy Spirit. I want you to ask Holy Spirit what the root of your fear and anxiety is. You may really know that. It means it's an easy answer. But just for a moment, get heaven's perspective on your situation. And then, then I'll pray. So just all of you, just ask Holy Spirit what he thinks about you being afraid and what the root is. Let's see what he has to say to you. So Jesus, I just want to pray brothers and sisters here, I just want to pray for you that you'd be free. I want to pray and break off shame. I want to pray and break off any sense of failure that this is your fault. Any false sense of responsibility that you blame yourself. I just want to declare you free. I pray, Jesus, you start a process in every one of these people that your love and your peace will be, start to become the most dominant emotion in them. I want to pray, Jesus, you reveal the answers to their issue, if it's through trauma, 
they have experienced things that they never should have done. God, I pray you completely heal and break off fear and anxiety from these people. It's very difficult to deal with everybody as a unit. Standing up, keep standing up, because we're going to do one more thing before, before we finish. I've got about three, two minutes. I want to put you in, I want to group into three, just for simplicity, so I understand that pain is very personal. For some of you, you just need to rebuke it, as I feel what the Holy Spirit said, or you just need to ignore it, and then it will go away. Okay? For others of you here, you've opened the door, like I did in one of my examples, and you need to close it. Maybe a Bethel Sozo or some counselling will help you do that, or maybe God's already done it. For some of you, it's probably ingrained in you through stress or trauma. Just like if you had that uh, major accident, you need time to get through it. And just praying today might not be enough. Well, I believe in the power of prayer. If you're in that scenario, you need some help and you need people to coach you and help you through that. If you don't know where to begin, you can go to the church website. There's a transformation centre that offers a number of different um, things in this area. Um, and we can help you with that. But I want to do one more thing to finish. If any of you have heard of the Bucklands and their declarations and, and speaking truth and laughing at lies, we're going to laugh at some lies around your anxiety. Right, and the reason we're doing this is we're going to disarm it. I'm not saying it's actually going to result in your healing, but I want to disarm the lies that come along. And I'm going to need you all to help me if you're not suffering from anxiety. So I don't know if, you, if you haven't done this before, this is fun. It's laughing at lies in your life that we believe. So the first lie we're going to laugh at is we're going to laugh at the lie that says you're stuck with anxiety for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> Come on, keep laughing. You are not going to have this the rest of your life. We're going to laugh at the lie that God doesn't have a solution for you. <laughs> it's not the case. It's not the case. We're going to laugh at the lie that says, I'm too broken to be free. <laughs> it's not true. So you're all smiling now. Right, I've run out of time. So we're going to finish there. If you would like to be prayed for, there, I'll be around and so will the ministry team. Um, do come forward at the end. and We're quite happy to spend time praying with you.